Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another edition of the Behind the Mask podcast. This time we're going to have some Behind the Mask conversations. And before we even go any further into the topics, let me bring in my partner, Two Way Yeah, homie. What's good, family? Man, everything is good, bro. Everything is good. And we're definitely looking forward to this 2020 NFL season. Oh, yeah. A lot of uh, questions. A lot of uncertainty is out there. So uh, just really, like, like, what's your take on it, man, from your post? I know you train a lot. You train around a lot of the guys from time to time. So what's your take on what should we expect and what shouldn't we expect? Well, level. I think all the players are anxious to get back to some sense of normalcy, get back to their professions, what they love to do. Um, as you said, down here in Atlanta with DSA training, Get, get in there, get a couple of workouts, and you see a lot of the professional athletes still getting after it. Uh, not only NFL, though, NBA players were there uh, before they reported to Orlando a few weeks ago. Uh, MLB players have been there as well. So guys are really staying in shape, getting ready. I think the main thing is from the top coming down, they still don't know what to expect once the NFL is, what, once they actually get to training camp. Um, reports came out over the weekend about some of the protocols that would be taking place uh, each team will be individually different because they're in different states and those states have different protocols when it comes to social distancing due to COVID-19. If there will even be fans in the stands, um, if, if, if non-essential employees can report to work. So there's so much uncertainty. But one thing I can tell you is the players are definitely ready, uh, doing their part, staying in shape, getting ready for the season. Well, I'll tell you this. The, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is how are you going to make sure you take the necessary precautions? Yeah. The precautionary measures when it comes to team, the NFL, making sure that the livelihood and safety of the players and all of the employees are OK. And so, you know, I read an article over the weekend and it had some great points in it. Uh, one of the things that was going to be required was one, all players and staff must wear a face mask inside of the facility, although players are not required to wear a mask during workouts mm -hmm. and so when you look at that just from an instance like right off top i would like to at least think at that point in moment that's when you're most susceptible right obviously when you don't have your mask but if you're working out you think about sweat and all of that stuff anyway we'll come back to it saunas one of my things one of the things that i used to love to do get into a sauna get into a steam room they will not even be open just in yeah. case that it's so easily you can transfer germs and all of that stuff in there. And then the last thing is I thought about, all right, so as far as teams, you take the precautionary measures. The reality of it is just like in society, you do a lot. You try to stay away social distancing, but something comes inside of your house or in, into your body, COVID-19. Now you have the opportunity to infect everybody else around you. and I was like what is that protocol what exactly does it looks like so teams now must have a designated area to isolate any team employee or player anybody period that are showing symptoms and then plan for a testing again to make sure so I like the idea of double testing but I also love the idea of being able to say before you come back 
we understand that there have been some um, fake positive tests. We understand that's going on. So we're going to make you take two tests and both of those tests have to come back negative. Now, in between time, they are instructed to stay away from the facility for 10 days consistently from the actual day that they take the test. A lot of guys could come in this locker room being asymptomatic. We already know that. And so I think when you look at that from the big picture, uh, I'm concerned for the guys. Uh, but this is on the flip side. This is the only thing that I this is what I have faith in. This is why I have faith. When you look at the NFL, when they look at bringing or implementing anything in. Whether or not if it's from marketing, uh, from a consumer standpoint or just internally dealing with the players, they don't look at items or things that they bring a part of the game as a cost. They look at everything that they spend as an investment into what they do because they know at the end of the day it's going to grow the bigger piece of the pie that you and I, meaning the players and the owners, will have that share to be able to get. And so when I say that, this is the thing that brings me confidence of hoping that they will get it right. You look at the NBA, you look at Major League Soccer, you look at Major League Baseball. All of these guys now are starting to get back into form. We look at NBA, you look at some of these college schools right now. They even had a lot of their guys working out on campus and they've caught COVID-19. So my point I'm saying is this. They had the opportunity to sit back and say, OK, I like what the NBA did, but I saw it didn't work here. I saw what the collegiate football did, but it didn't work here. So now they had an opportunity to take everything that they saw what worked, everything that they saw that did not work, implement it and be willing to change accordingly, depending on how their employees are doing. That's the only positive that I see that will help us be able to get football which we are all hoping for for the year 2022. Yeah, I feel you. I, the thing the thing where I'm going to push back a little bit, though, you got to think. So all these other sports that you mentioned, right, the max you may have is, what, 15, 20 players on a squad, not 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 including the executives upstairs, not including all the coaches. But the NFL team, you got 53 players during the regular season. Training camp, we used to start training camp with 90-something players. Obviously, the league this year is saying that they're going to have uh, very uh, less, a fewer players that'll be on a roster entering into training camp. But still, you got 70, 80 people just from a, a safety standpoint on the field having a two deep. You know what I'm saying? You need like what, 40, 44 players at least, not even including special teams. At, so a minimum. Now, at a minimum. So now you have 44 individuals, right? You know how that locker room is, bro. If anybody has a cold, a stomach bug, the flu, a sneeze attack, like whatever, whatever it might be, that thing trans uh, transmits through the locker room like this. Hell, spreading rumors. You tell a rumor in a locker room, it goes all the way around a damn locker room. So you mean to tell me if somebody comes in there with, with COVID-19 and, and, you know, not to, to make light of the situation, but you mean to tell me that these protocols are already in place that another player won't get it? And, yeah, granted, some of the players that are going back to college and, and, and the NBA have been asymptomatic. But, again, cases are going up. Flu season is coming back when football is played during the fall and, you know, going into the winter. So if the league, the hierarchy, the, the leadership doesn't have a plan set and training camp is starting in a couple weeks here, 
how are these players expected to go out there and give what they all when they, again, they're thinking about their families too, not just going out there, you know, making a living, but you got to go into the locker room. You might get this and come back to your family and, and, and your mother, or your grandmother, or somebody older that, that may live with you or, or be around you or something like that. It's just, it's so much uncertainty. And I want, I want the game to come back too, but until that, that protocol is in place and they have a descript uh, plan of attack on how to handle this, I'm like, what are we doing? They're already talking about pushing the preseason back a little bit, but what, what are we doing before the players can say, you know what? All right, I feel comfortable enough to know that when I go into this locker room, I'm safe. My health and my family's health is safe. They still don't have that yet. Yeah, they, they don't have it. And I get what you're saying, uh, but, but you, 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 you said something to make me think about, okay, what guys are at risk? And obviously when you go behind these meetings, especially as an executive of a team, you talk about, okay, who is going to be at risk? And I know for me, if I'm an executive of a team, I'm going to talk about what percentage of my team is married. That means I know you can't be out here just going out in public and just being reckless with your time, your personal time, that's going to jeopardize everybody and put everybody at risk inside of the locker room. So I would look at that. But then also you got to look at certain guys who just have big personalities and they're still that's who they are. They love to go out, maybe go to a bar, have a drink, or they just want to be around somebody. So when you talk about the risk factor, that's something that you definitely have to take into account as far as organizing and strategizing and making sure that, you know what, everybody, I think Dr. Fauci said it best. He was like, you know, we just have to learn how to coexist with COVID-19 at this point. Because we've been waiting for a vaccination and we knew even when it first happened, everybody was saying most times they don't usually come out with a vaccination until a year, year and a half. And so now we haven't even, well, we just now going on six months, maybe coming up on six months. So uh, we still definitely have a way to go. But I think about those guys who go out, who get contracted in the event that they do get to contract it. That's what you have to worry about. Yeah. Because what is that protocol going to look like when they go inside of the locker room and you have, I have that conversation with you. I find out we have a conversation at 10 a.m. 3 p.m. We get ready to hit the field. Hey, where two at? And two got that COVID, bro. He he gone already. And we was just kicking it last night. So now now I'm thinking, God damn, now he don't got me infected. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) <laughs> it's so many it's so many uncertainties man and then on top of that once you what i read is once they do get contracted they can't come back for 10 for 10 days to the facility i think that's what you said right yeah so imagine if we kick it friday right thursday or friday whatever then saturday we go to the walkthrough do i walk through at 12 o'clock on saturday i don't make the walkthrough because i'm still in the training room jammed up and you know we were kicking it but then Sunday before the game, you come to the game 10 days. So that means you miss that week of a game, and then you're going to miss the next week too. So we two-star players, two starters. Like, it's just there's no answer. And that's my thing. If there's no answer, how do I feel comfortable going into that locker room knowing that and risking it? You know what I'm saying? And, again, I said I posted on social media the other day. I'm like, so we're willing to risk, and this is more so for college football, but we're willing to risk um, our health for dollars and entertainment. That's the bottom line. At this point, everybody wants to get back to their sense of normalcy. I get it. But 
for for the ownership, uh, the team ownership, the executives is about dollars. We know that, and for the fans, it's about entertainment. But for yeah. the players, it's also about health. So I think we just sit in a point in the society where we're like, what's more important, our health, our family's health, or dollar signs and entertainment? And that's a hard question that people really need to ask themselves. Well, I tell you this: in the event somebody is contracted, uh, the NFL has partnered with contracted with Ikevia, IQVIA. It's a third-party firm that analyzes in league injury data. And so what they've done, they've been able to put a device, if there's fear of in-game ex- exposure, say if somebody's, ex- uh, they contracted it, the NFL will make sure and use a, a radio frequency identification tracking device that's embedded in every player's shoulder pads to determine what player or whoever player was in that six feet area of that person who was who contracted COVID. Uh, anyone who engages in team activities will be required to wear a Connexon proximity recording tracking device. We talked about that a few seconds ago on the shoulder pads, which would allow contact tracers to find the close contacts of someone who tested positive. I said a whole lot of legal jargon what it do. I personally, me as a player, I'm just telling you, I think that I'm, 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 I'm like, God damn. It's too much, man. It's too much, man. It's, 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 there's no, it's not even necessarily a rhyme or reason, but it's like, the problem is, it's just you're asymptomatic. And as much as you want to procure a strategy, as much as you want to be ahead of everything, when you're asymptomatic, you just don't know unless you're getting tested. And then another thing that's a good point to bring up also as well, which I'm pretty sure, put it this way, you and I know this best. If you're working with an organization that brings in billions, billions of dollars, you don't have to worry about a shortage of a test and especially getting the results back instantly versus waiting five to 10 days. That's something now that even though testing has opened up for everybody in the rest of society, but when you go get tested, you have to wait five to 10 days at make 10 at the latest to get your results back. And so by that time period, when you look at them, if they find that out, they won't have to go through that, you know, especially what they're trying to keep the entertainment part on the road, man. But I just, I personally don't, I don't, I don't like that part after you contracted it or if they think you have contracted it. Right what the protocol is moving forward, which I'm sure they're going to release some more things coming up. But here's the thing. If football is damn near like rugby, bro, just for the people that don't know offensive linemen, there is no six-foot social distancing. We're right next to each other. We have foot-and-a-half splits. That means I can put my right hand out, my left hand out, and I'm able to touch the lineman next to me, right, my teammate. Defenders, defensive linemen are right there, like maybe two feet in front of you. So as soon as the ball is snapped, you're talking about 50 to, 55 to 70 times a, 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 a day, my face mask and your face mask are me. Ain't no social distance. Spikes, if you if you sack a quarterback, bro, you get by me, you sack a quarterback, you getting up celebrating. And I've seen you celebrate before, you spitting everywhere, kicking everywhere, doing all this stuff, man. There's no social distancing, man. So you mean to tell me if somebody, you, you find out throughout the course of a game or after a game, what have you, that somebody has unfortunately contracted COVID, you're going to follow each person. You're talking about all 22 people on the field at a time. It's a rugby scrum. Like, you know you know how it is at the, at the bottom of the piles? Yeah. It's a fumble. 
three, four, five, six, seven people diving on the ball. People, y'all see it. Like, I just, again, I just don't see how that is possible. What we know right now. Now, a couple of uh, weeks, months down the line, since something drastically changed, which I think is highly improbable, cool, but I don't see it. And honestly, if I'm a player right now, and if I'm a player, let's say that a Pat Mahomes or somebody that's just, just, just got, you know, broke the bank. I'm not in no hurry really to get back out there without knowing what's going on. If I'm a French player, like a rookie that, you know, fifth, sixth round uh, free, free agent from last year that hasn't uh, really broke the bank, secured the bag, so to speak. And now I'm going into the next season thinking, all right, how am I going to get this next six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars? Right. I might, I might be more thinking like, damn, I really need to get back to work to start paying this bank account because it's been dwindling this whole offseason. Those are the things that, you know, the fans may not know. But at the end of the day, your health has to matter. So they talking about pushing it back, bro. I, I'm cool. This is at this point in my life. On the other side, it's a game to me. So I'm just like, I'm, I'm all right not watching it. So, you still got to talk about that game two times. That's facts. That's facts. I'm with you. I wish I get, let's go behind the mask on this. Let's say training camp opens. Mm-hmm. We already know the NFL and NFLPA have not agreed on the amount of games that they're going to play. The NFL wants to play two games. The NFLPA, which represents the body of the players, are saying, no, we're not agreeing to anything right now. The NFL is saying, well, you should agree to it because this is the way that we can kind of go through the protocol and just kind of fix certain things before we actually play week one, which is going to benefit all of us. The players are like, because we don't have any true or the lack of leadership when it comes to something definite to your point that you made earlier, as far as protocols and understanding what's going on, I'm not in a hurry to go out there for those two extra games, knowing that I'm not getting paid for those games. My really true worth compared to when season one starts, that's when you're pairing, that's when you're paying my salary. So my question to you is this, what does it look like? inside of the locker room now when you're in there you're having great conversations and everything they say hey no social distance well you got to have social distancing some of the things that have came up that i also read in that article some of the showers or some of the showers will be purposely turned off or probably the shower heads will be taken off just so that only x amount of guys can walk in the shower All the guys can't eat at a certain time. So it's almost like you just have to wait. And I guess what I'm saying is being impatient more than everything. Everything that we do on a consistent day-to-day basis in the NFL is clockwork. Boom. It's going. It's going. It's going. Now these guys won't even be at the privilege to be able to have that type of freedom. Do you think that's going to clog anything up when it comes to, like, Guys just understanding, like, look, we have to do this for the greater of the good. I think ultimately the, the, the coaches, the the staff, the leadership of each individual team, I think they'll figure it out because one of the best things, to your point, is that creating habits when you come to, when you talk about football. Um, each week is the same thing in the same order. So subconsciously, you're like, I know what to expect on Monday. I know Tuesdays is off treatment. I know Wednesday is installed. Thursday is is uh, red zone. Friday is is goal line short. You know everything. It becomes almost monotonous. So athletes are creatures of habit. So if that starts to seep in, 
and it's not consistent, it may be an issue, but I, I do believe that the league has that down to where they'll have uh, the same if, – if, if the linebackers have to lift weights at this time and, and, and you know, take meetings at this time, et cetera, it'll be consistent throughout the week as opposed to just random uh, throughout the week, you know, throwing off that, that, that mindset. So I think they'll have that down pat. I think what remains to be seen, again, is that, that, that outlier – when, when one player actually, unfortunately, contracts it, COVID, and is no longer asymptomatic and has to quarantine. You know, I think those are the things that we still don't know because in every article we've read, anything we talked about, nobody has the answer. We've never brought that up. You know what I mean? Like how in a, in a team meeting, they're talking about scaling down the team meeting rooms to maybe 20 people. How? It's not a team meeting. Like, how are you going to do that? You know what I'm saying? Oh, you, you can go virtual. <laughs> you can go virtual. You can go virtual. All right. Touche. I got you. They, they're going to have to adjust. They're going to have to oh, that adjust. Is some That's some bullshit. It is. They, they're going to have to adjust on the fly. You know what I mean? And, and, and some of the things, one of the things I, I don't particularly care for is you're talking about, okay, we're going to have uh, the players and the, and the coaches have to wear masks throughout the facility, but when you live weights, you don't. You have to wear masks on the sidelines, but if you're playing, you don't. It's like, when does it stop from being you have to wear masks and be safe to, oh, for this part of time, you don't? Like, it just doesn't make sense. But it's, it's not consistent. It's not consistent, but it's a new normal. All right, let me pitch this to you, though. And I, this is the first time. This is something that a lot of people don't really understand, and it really was mind-baffling to me. This is the first time that they're coming together, and they're really going to take an approach that as soon as they get there, it will take probably 10 to 14 days for them to actually be on the field yeah. and do anything from a competitive standpoint as far as team drills. Uh -huh. And so with that being said, they're not going to do any actual football work knowing in the past pre-COVID what you could do as soon as you get there, one day to take the physical, the next day you out on the field. You get right. it. And so my thing is, how much of a premium does it puts on the players now to be doing all of the little things, getting used to getting in and out of your breaks as a wide receiver, getting in and out of your cuts as a defensive back, understanding tendencies from the linebacker perspective of is it a run or is it a pass? I got to understand my footwork needs to be right. Same thing from an offensive lineman. What premium does it puts on the player now to come into training camp in shape because yeah. to what it, what it's sounding like you still won't be able to get in shape and they yeah. expect for you they're expecting playing preseason games if an agreement is made at the end of august and we all know what happens right. in september it's showtime mm -hmm. yeah and, and to your point you have to and it's, it's a difference from being in, in in shape as athletes that just training and being in football shape because we throw them pads on them extra 20 15 pounds of pads and then you're taking back getting tight. You know what I'm saying? You're taking a beat in. I'm in shape right now, but I ain't in football shape. Yeah, in football shape because then, you know, you're going against 300-pound guys, again, 40, 50 times a day practice, and then another 50 to 70 times during the game. So it's like the dynamic is way different being in football shape. And now you're pushing that back an extra two to three weeks. I think we're going to see a lot more injuries because you don't have time to actually go through the course and get your body right get used to that physical pounding and then be able to recover and get back on the field. So to your point, if we're talking to end of August for, for preseason games, um, now guys get banged up. They, they out half of the, you know, 
half of the first quarter of the season. So, you know, it, it's, it's – I, I want to see football. I'm, I'm Trust me, I want to see football. But even Richard Sherman is like, it just doesn't make sense. The league talking about what? No uh, – uh, what was it? No post-game celebration, no post-game interaction. If I see you in, and I know you and I were best friends in college, we come out at the field at the end of the game. I'm at the salute you from across there. I can't dap you up, see how mom's is doing. It's weird, but we could play the whole game and go at it. It's, it's, it's hypocritical. It's, it's like. Well, I mean, that goes back to the point that he said. Richard Sherman said he called the NFL out just because of uh, hypocrisy. And he just talked about um, exchanging jersey. It was a policy that was put out just saying that, well, if you're not playing, you really can't be interacting with each other within six feet after the game so that means you can't exchange jerseys you know so um you know richard sherman in his words he was like this is a perfect example of the nfl thinking in a nutshell yeah you know what i mean so um they got to do what they got to do i feel it it's like you want us to go out there and we sweating on each other and all of that but I can't get my homie jersey. So yeah, it, it's definitely jacked up, bro. Yeah, and then what's the reasoning behind it? You know what I'm saying? That that's what I if you if you you convince me with your reasoning and make it make sense, cool. But if it's just pulling straws out of a hat, you know, feathers out of the air, it's not making sense. Cause damn it, if if, if you my dog and, and, and you and Los, y'all played against each other in college, and now y'all, you know, on the field and y'all both went to war, at the end of the game, y'all want y'all jerseys. It is what it is. So I you know, and not to say that Again, the health is the most important thing. So if you come to me and say, you know what, for health reasons, make it make sense. That's it. Make it make sense. But just to celebrate, not a celebration, but, you know, communication after the game and, 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 and jerseys, like, give me more, particularly with training camp a few weeks away. I need more to feel comfortable. And I think a lot of players are feeling that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we got we, we make it a point to keep that engagement real tight. Yeah. Uh, we got a question for one of the one of the fans and uh, somebody sent in after they test initially, when they go into camp, the test should positively identify people who are currently asymptomatic and have the virus. Absolutely. It will. But this is kind of like that loaded statement that I kind of gave you earlier. You would like to think most married guys don't take their ass home to the old. <laughs> These single guys out here are still single. Turn up, turn up, turn up. So, like, listen, they, they, in their mind, you have to, like, particularly just say, look, when I tell you to go home and don't be around people, it, it doesn't mean I just went to this lounge and the capacity of the lounge is 350 people, but only 15 people was in there. No, don't take your ass in that lounge. If you got to a main piece, you tell them to come see you and you keep track of her. <laughs> that way you ain't coming into the locker room affecting everybody else. You know what I mean? So, like, to answer that question from the fan perspective, man, you know, we, we got to keep y'all caught up on the real talk. Listen, it sounds good. It sounds so good. Sounds good. But even even a married cash, yo, you know, we, we go kick it, whatever, after the, after uh, practice or something. You might just go get lunch or dinner. Yeah. O, o -line you used to go grab a beer or something. Yeah, O-Line used to go out every Friday, I think, and we would grab lunch after uh, after work. You know what I'm saying? The quarterbacks take the running backs out. So all of this is stopping. You mean to tell me the single guys, to your point, you got, what, 53 guys, 48 on the team, yeah. eight on practice squad or something like that, or, or whatever it is, 45 and eight. So you mean to tell me every last one of them 
is going straight home and not doing nothing. Ain't no pit stops, ain't no detours, ain't no roadblocks. Yeah, right. you bleed that if you want to, man. That's not the reality. Everybody talk about you talk about getting back to a sense of normalcy. When them checks start, they gonna go, go right back to being normal, and you and I know it, man. You just gotta make sure that pit stop is clean. All right. with that. What you gonna do? Give them the uh, the transmitter to let to see if they didn't been around people that might have contracted it. Yeah, them shoulder, it's, them shoulder pads yeah. on the head, the crib. Yeah, you, you take that. Hey, that's what they need to do. They need to meet a girl at the bar and say, "Yo, put this on real quick. Let me see if uh, <laughs> put the shoulder pads on." Pick your pick, pick your top three and give them a tip. That's what you do. <laughs> Oh man. Nah, man. But hey, bro. Hey, it's always a pleasure. I would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge what breaking news for the Washington Redskins. They finally decided to change uh, their logo and the name of the team. So, um, you know, I just kind of followed that story over the weekend and just seeing um, a lot of natives, native Indians showing up in support saying, yeah, we want it taken down. We've been screaming for that. Yeah. And, and and I looked at the history of it and found out they've been using that nickname since 1933. Oh. So it goes back, like way back. So I'm pretty sure after they change it, they're probably taking bids right now, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, to see, you know, which would be the highest bidder for the new name. But uh, if it feels good to them, it feels good to me. And I yeah. appreciate the empathy side of it. Absolutely. Uh, it's not the end result. It's just the beginning. So. Absolutely. Um, it's not over. Yeah, it's definitely not over, but definitely we had to point out that, man. But it's always good catching up with you, my boy, on these BTM conversations. Absolutely. Are you looking forward to the season? You looking forward to catching some football, man? Do you think it's going to be football? Because I didn't ask you that. Well, you know what I am? I'm, I'm looking forward to it because it's only a few things I watch on TV anyway. That's right. CNN, I'm on Watch Sports, and every now and then – um, you know, I watch a movie. So, you know, with those three things, that that's how I feel my gap, man. And like that would hurt me like bad. Think like, about it. Oh, think about it. You you every year for the past what five years or so, you go to London for a couple of months, and you actually broadcast over in London. You broadcast the football games when they come over there. What's your? Do you even know what what your your fall is going to look like this year? I really don't, and. It's almost like play it by ear. We have to coexist. And one of the things that I truly enjoy doing, going to London, being one of the lead anchors over, analysts over there, especially when all of the American teams come there to play. And so I enjoy that. And I've been doing it now for three years. So uh, we still wait. Like, like that's the tough part. And as far as I know, the numbers have went up so much in the U.S., you know, Every other country pre-COVID, the U.S. is a destination that you must come and see. Now, post-COVID or while we're going through COVID, a lot of these countries have not even opened up travel access from people coming from the U.S. going to their countries. So that's just to give you a little perspective. So only time will tell. But the best thing about it, as long as we have technology, I'll be able to keep giving out those those behind the mask words, bro. Sure, for sure. Right on. All right, G, what well, we about to head up out of here, man. One love. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Behind the Mask podcast. Indulge, share, and subscribe 
to quality content. And we're everywhere. We're on YouTube. Make sure you scroll to the bottom. Click that little bell for notifications. We're on Google Play. We're on Spotify. And we're on Apple Music. Even on social media, we're going to make it easy for you. Follow at the BTM Podcast for your weekly fixings. And remember, there's only one rule. There are no rules. Let's Let's go go behind behind the the mask. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.